following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Any news on the uh, lost episode, or is that gone into cyberspace and is? Yeah, I don't know where it is. Dude. We had some, <laughs> had some requests that if we would find that down the road to publish it, like it's one of those deleted files that comes back from the dead, like in five years, and say, "Yeah, remember that episode that we all of a sudden stumbled upon?" Like the columns that newspaper people write and then never publish. Well, it wasn't on the little disc. And that's un- the only place unless we have it's, it. Unless it's somewhere on my computer that I don't know where it is. <laughs> we ain't finding nope, it. Nope. It's not going to happen. So apologies to those that missed us a couple of weeks it ago. It wasn't that good anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> are they any, are any of them? No. Okay. That's, that's my point. That's why we're just two dudes in Studio B in Janesville yeah. talking about some sports, which um, heavy news to start the day and at the end of last night as we record this on Tuesday evening. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL. We'll touch on college football, which has one game left. Uh, the NBA Bucks are playing tonight, and uh, also some college hoops. Badgers and Marquette are playing tonight as well. And um, we're going to start getting rolling with our high school season again. We had a couple of games uh, last week. The uh, the girls' Optimus Classic over at Janesville. Craig covered those. Craig boys played, but we're starting the stretch run and. I think probably what we got a week and a half before like the midway point of everything, and then we can start maybe looking at maybe playoff positionings or seedings or stuff like that. See how good the teams are. Yeah, we're the, getting there. Have they played everybody? Yeah, we're getting to about the midway point of conference, and once once we've kind of seen everybody once, and and even if we haven't, you kind of get an idea of about where they fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the local teams. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's hard to believe. Like, and I was looking at the schedule today. Like, at the end of February, we're already into the into the quarterfinal games for the girls on that yeah. on that last Tuesday of the month. It's yeah. like, man, like this will. It's gone fast this year. I feel like. Well, we we we've kind we've of taken sp- a step. We've spaced back. them out a little yeah. bit. There's some, you know, we've had some conflicts with the Badgers. Mm-hmm. We've had some conflicts with multiple teams playing on the same night in the same city. So, you know, we've had to make decisions on what games to do. I've missed a couple. You missed a couple. So, I yeah. Just, I mean, it's, it's kind of been nice because I don't feel like we're we're dragging ass here in early exactly January. exactly where I was going. Like, I don't feel as exhausted or uh, run down. No. You know? Because usually we get, you know, the end of January and early February, you know, that's when it's really just butt cold around here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to these games and we're walking out of these gyms at 930 at night and in Middleton or at Madison West and we can't get to the the car fast enough and yeah not not a great not a great part of the season but then you know we always get a, we, I, I always get a little juiced up you when do. February rolls yep. around cuz that's that's the stretch run and that that's a fun time so but we're close we are close all right let's start with the NFL uh, obviously cuz we have one week left to go maybe we'll see what happens with this Buffalo-Cincinnati game, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, the Bears, they absolutely get stomped by the Lions. Um, I didn't watch much of the game. I watched a little bit. Uh, I saw the first quarter for Fields where he just 
ran wild and then was kind of kept in check. But I think at one point he only had like, what was it, halftime where he had like seven yards passing or something like that? Yeah. I was like, and and maybe that was the touchdown to Cole Komet. Yeah. I think. It was, yeah, he was like one for three, seven yards. It, I don't I don't know. The, it's... <clears throat> What what they've done here down the stretch in a couple of these games, I mean, they're bad. They just don't have talent on their football team. I mean, it's you don't have to be a football scholar to watch them for five minutes and realize that. Um, I I thought all in all it was a pretty embarrassing effort, but again, they just don't have a lot of talent. They're super depleted at some important spots. Their defense has been a sieve the last six weeks of the season ever since they traded away. Uh, Roquan and uh, Quinn. Robert Quinn. Um, the Ch- the Chase Claypool trade has not worked out. I think he's got 12 catches for 110 yards and no touchdowns in six games. Um, and that's it's disappointing. I mean, you know, you gave up a second rounder for him. It's not the end of the world. You got a second round back in, in the Roquan trade, so that's a little bit of a wash. Um, you know, maybe maybe a full year under his belt training camp. Maybe he'll be something down the road. Who knows? But, you know, at the end of the day, this is about fields. And I just really have not liked what I've seen from the Bears with the way they've handled him the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, he ran for like 100 yards in the first quarter, but he took a wicked shot, and it looked like he was having some problems with his hip. And... Well, because Peterman was warming up at yeah, one point. He was warming up, and you're getting whipped. The game means nothing. In the big picture, you're fine losing it. Yeah. Because you you would be closer. closer to getting the number one pick. And they keep trotting fields out, and they keep dropping him back, and he gets sacked eight times, and they're you know he's having a run for his life, and he's just taking these unnecessary hits. And... You know, I'm screaming at the TV, and I was even texting you. I'm like, why is he in the game? Get him out of the game. Should have never played a snap of the fourth quarter. I don't understand that. And the coaching staff came out and defended themselves and said, you know, they're more worried about his experience and his reps. And listen, we got, I think he missed one game. We've got 15 games out of him this year. If you haven't seen what you need to see going forward with him by now, I. Maybe they need new coaches. Um, but, yeah, and, and they've come out and said he's going to play if healthy this week, whatever the hell that means. I mean, it's week 18. Who the hell is healthy? Nobody's healthy. He's played a whole season. He's he's got the mo- He's been sacked the most of any quarterback in football, plus all the hits he's taken running the ball. Like, this is why you're – like, this is where being a Bears fan drives you nuts because the people – and it, it doesn't. It seems like the people change, but the poor decision making and lack of foresight is still there. Do you not see what's happened to Baltimore? Right. Do, you, do you not see what's happened to Arizona? That's kind of where I'm at these, with this. These teams with these quarterbacks that a huge part of their weaponry is their legs, but they're not gigantic people like a Josh Allen. They all get hurt. And because you have to build your team a certain way for these guys, when they're not there, you're awful. You can't score. And I, I just 
I just don't feel like the Bears have looked down the road at that and like, listen, we we need to if we can take thirty hits off this kid's body in these last two weeks, why why would we not do that? I don't get it. I mean, am, what am I missing? You're not. You're not. I my. Agree with everything you said, and it's it was the same thing I was thinking when I was tuning in and I was texting you uh, when I could. My also concern was you don't need to play him, but I just I, I look at the passing stats from this year, and I'm just wondering: is this the dude, the future of the Bears at that position? Because the way that you had said you need to construct your team in order to win. We've seen other teams try and do that, and then they get to the playoffs, and it's harder for that particular system to succeed. I agree. So I guess I just don't understand what the end game is here. Do you think that this is going to lead you to division titles, Super Bowl titles, if you can build around this kid? Can he make it that far the way you're presently putting his life in danger, his career in danger? and? Who else are you going to get to sort of mitigate the beating that he takes while still being successful and abs- and actually, and we talked about it last week or maybe it was during the Lost episode about how these quarterbacks need to transition into playing out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. And he's not there yet. He's young. Yep, I get that. Maybe the guys that they get in the future help him with that process. I don't know. Um. But there, there's just all this stuff that right now, the way that it's coming out and the way it's being laid out to everybody, it just it doesn't add up to me. Well, and we've talked about it several times, but before the draft, we got to get Lauren Cox on here. Because I've had this thought, and I haven't really seen it out there yet. What if you're the Bears... And you're not sure Justin Fields is the guy to do all those things you just said. And you're going to have a top two pick. And there's two guys at the top of the draft in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Maybe you think they're better than Fields and project them to be better than Fields. Maybe you look at Fields as a pretty valuable trade asset right now on a rookie contract. Maybe that's what they're leaning towards. Now, to look at it the other way, let's say you trade Fields for the 10th pick in the draft and future stuff and you draft C.J. Stroud. You still don't have anybody to throw to, and you still can't block for him. So unless the 10th pick you get from the Colts or whoever you trade with ends up being a cornerstone tackle for you, is that even a good idea to make that trade? You know what I'm saying? But, oh, like, yeah. the, I think that's – I don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Because okay. I have all those same concerns you do. I've said before, I'm not uh, I'm not a Lamar Jackson guy. I think he's really good and really talented. I just don't think you can win that way. And I don't think you can win that way long term. If Lamar Jackson's out of the league by the time he's 31 or 32 or he's a backup somewhere, wouldn't surprise me. Not because he's not talented, but it's that style of play, and it's just like, just show me the guy yep. that's played that way for 10 years that's survived. 
where are they? You know, we and we did talk about Steve Young. He had to transition. Randall Cunningham had to transition. Vic had to transition. Like, look at the back half of their careers. They're not running around. They couldn't. They were getting killed. I mean, that's why Steve Young had to retire early. He got all them concussions when he was young, and then he got the bad one when he was old, and that was it. You know? So, I don't know. It's... <laughs> If you people say, "Oh, what's the difference between the first and the second pick?" A lot, especially a lot. If people want want it from you, yeah, and what they're willing to offer, and you turn it into a bidding war, then it is a lot. I don't think they're going to end up with it because I think Houston's going to lose anyway, so it's not going to matter. I but would agree with you. But still, that's still a pretty good yeah. position to be in. Yep. You know. Um, all right, on to uh, Packers and Vikings. Um, Green Bay with four takeaways, three interceptions, a pick six, 105-yard kickoff return. Um, the offensive numbers were nothing staggering. Um, they took advantage of the miscues by Minnesota. They did a good job uh, not allowing a whole lot of pressure. Uh, Rodgers still m- made a couple mistakes that I just don't think in his career and at this stage of the season he should be making. But regardless, it was uh, it was a stomping. Uh, by Green Bay of Minnesota. And and to me, it was more of how bad the Vikings looked and how the Packers made them pay for it, rather than, oh, Green Bay looks really good. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they looked that great. Mm-hmm. I thought Minnesota played badly. Uh, I thought they gave up on Dalvin Cook a little too early. But, I, I, you know, things changed when after, on the third possession, second by Minnesota after the punt block, and they were inside the five first and goal, and the Packers held them to a field goal, and then Nixon returned the kickoff. And their center got hurt. And their center got hurt. Yeah. Whole game changed yep. right there. Absolutely. Um, so those that sequence of events, I thought, really put Green Bay in a, in a really good position to win. Um, Jefferson with one catch, I, I mean, that was unbelievable. Um, to me, I, th- I thought he was loading up to have a big day. Um, but... I, I guess give Green Bay credit. I again, we're finding our position ourselves in the position as Packers fans. Well, do we really want to get rid of Joe Barry? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think any. I don't think you have a choice anymore. He's not going anywhere. <sighs> he saved his job the last two weeks, and he didn't even do anything to do it. That's what I mean. But he saved his job. Like you can't look at that in a in a vacuum and be like, "Well, he is good." He didn't help. He he wasn't the reason Tua threw the ball right no! to you three times in a row. That was because his head bounced off the floor. And I don't think it was the reason that uh, Cousins threw three picks. I think, yeah. So, uh, that's, honestly, that's probably my chief concern out of the whole thing, <laughs> is that, and, and it well, you de- should, there's a couple you should have, and I it, think. And, right? and it depends how things go with the Lions, where it's like, if you have this resurgence of the defense, and then maybe you get into the playoffs, and maybe you win a game, and then it's like, oh, Joe Barry, he's pretty good, isn't he? Right. It's like, No! He's not. Have you been watching the entire season? Or again, are we having this short-term memory thing where it's like all you paid attention to is the last four or five weeks? Like the the numbers get, I mean, they rolled out where the Packers were on defense to start the game, and I just went, ugh, Mm -hmm. that's bad. Mm -hmm. And then, voila, what happens? They make all, they make Barry look like a genius, and all those stats are erased because people forget about it because they had a good game. All right. But anyway. Well, totally predictable performance from Minnesota. I mean, it, it, 
Totally predictable. They, I they, they they can't beat anybody any good. They haven't all year. I would have said it would have been predictable in the Zimmer regime. Like, actually with this O'Connell thing, but again. It's smoke and mirrors, dude. Correct. With, smoke and mirrors. With the memory thing, it's like, well, who are they? They have a negative point, point differential. They're 12 and 4. Sparkling it's it's unbelievable. Yes. Um, they've pulled a bunch. Last year, they lost every close game. This year, they've won them all. They're not like 500. No. They've won them all. All. They're eleven and zero, and then in the games they get beat, they get destroyed, yeah. and they get destroyed by good teams: Philadelphia, Dallas, Green Bay. I don't. I mean, I, mm-hmm. they're okay, but Minnesota, man. You know the the Jefferson Jair Alexander thing. I think has been blown way out of proportion. Um, number one, uh, they triple teamed him. I mean, yeah, Jeff uh, Alexander was the initial defender on him, but they had two dudes over the top. Like Jeff, they the Packers did what Belichick has done for years. They're like, oh, that's your best player. Guess what? He ain't doing shit today. Right. Everybody else try to beat us. And that's what the Packers did. Brilliant. It's good strategy. Um, but you gotta have Thielen and Hawkinson and some of these other guys who you, who Cousins has relied on. How do they not get them the ball? I think when the center got hurt. Because they had it ended up going to their third stringer. I think that was just the end for that line was a disaster the whole game. Cousins looked like he was shitting his pants back there. Couldn't get the ball out of his hands faster. Hawkinson had a, a little flurry there because Cousins was just trying to get rid of the ball. Um, Thielen did nothing. Nothing. Um, Dalvin Cook, not much. Boy, since Jefferson's come on, Thielen has seemed like not a guy on that but team. Look at Jefferson's stats on turf versus grass. Drastic difference. Okay. Um, he was slipping around. They talked about him changing cleats at halftime. So, you know, um, that's going to be a problem for Minnesota. I mean, you're not going to, you know, it, you're you're looking at having to go to San Francisco in January where the conditions are always not great. Good luck, <laughs> you know. Um, but, no, I, I just – the Green Bay hype train, it's it's been funny, you know, with watching Packer fan reactions, and there's some that have that are pretty realistic and like, listen, they beat a terrible Bear team, they beat a terrible Ram team, they beat Miami with a quarterback who had no business being on the field, who literally just basically gave them the ball and said, here. And then you had this past week where, as you said, like that six-minute window of stuff that happened completely was the whole game. And then they went on a rampage and killed them. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think the Packers have really played particularly well in any of the four games. Um, they've capitalized, like you said, on on the other team's mistakes, which you got to give them credit for. Um, but... Should anybody in the NFC be scared of them? That's, I don't think so. You sent me Tausch's tweet, and I was, I mean, don't get me wrong, and I, I said this on Monday, I think momentum going into the playoffs is big. And and, and I always felt that that, that that buy that they would get, that they got the only one last year and in the past where they've had the one or the two seed, and they get that buy. And then all of a sudden you don't have to play for that first wild card weekend. And it's like, I want to keep playing. I want you guys in rhythm. I want you to keep sure, doing what sure. you're doing, keep that confidence up and, you know, whatever. I just think that that's always just an absolute killer. So I think now, regardless of who they've been playing, you get those wins. Momentum's not a measurable sort of thing. And 
I get it, quality opponents has not been good either, but I'd rather have them be where they are right now than maybe go two and two over the last four games and still get in. I'd rather you go on a winning streak. Sure. You know, my point is just like whenever we've seen like these teams that sneak in at the end that like make a run to the Super Bowl or even win it, like those Giants teams, like, but look back at those rosters. Those teams were loaded with studs. This the Packers roster is not loaded with studs. They got a couple. They got Rodgers. And they got a couple other nice pieces, and you know um, Alexander or or Clark, uh, Clark, or mm-hmm. even if you want to say the rookie receiver um, Watson, Watson. But it, it ain't Tuck Strahan, no. JPP, Eli Plaxico. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not, not that. It's not when they were the sixth seed and and marched exactly. all the way to the Super yes. Bowl because you don't that have team Clay Matthews loaded, and Charles right? Woodson. Yeah. This isn't like a team that underachieved totally and agree. is getting hot at the right time. But, like, and again, we've talked about it all year because we waffle about who's good and who's bad and who's beatable and who's not. And it's like you still look at the field, and really the only team that I'm honestly concerned about, and it's more with PTSD and the way they seem to play Green Bay, is San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That'd be the only the really team that yeah, I would and not it, be, you but, know. But are you scared of Brock Purdy? Correct. You know what Third I mean? string quarterback. Probably not, but it's everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's – do I think they stand just as good a chance? Sure. If they can get in. We talk about it all the time. You never know. You just want to get there. You never know what's going to happen, and you look at the entire field. Is Jalen Hurts going to be back? I don't know what don't the know. injury situation yeah. is. Right. They need to win to get the number one seed. Minnesota needs to win to tell, take the number two seed. So it's like all these teams have to play this week if they want to hold down their positioning. So it's like, well, Green Bay's got to win too. I mean, there's a, so much has come down to this last week. And I think I think the Packers, despite their their opponents and the quality of people that they're playing, I think they're in a really good position considering where they were at four and eight in the middle of the season. Um, and and as a as as a fan and trying to look at this objectively as I can, even though you have your doubts of that, I can do that sometimes. I like the position that they're in right now, and I'd rather have it be this way than backing in with like maybe a loss or somebody else loses and then they get in by virtue of. Um, uh, just other teams, you know, stubbing their toes. I, I like the position they're in, too. I mean, we've got another wasted Jordan Love year. <laughs> you, Aaron Rodgers now thinks he's still really good, so he's going to come back. Joe Barry saved his job, so you know he's going to be back running his terrible defense next <laughs> oh year. And the Packers are going to have this sense of that they're not that far away. So I like it myself. Of course you do. Yeah. Do, what What do you think about Rodgers, some of his post-game comments? I mean, he... Very um, what's self-congratulatory, yes. I feel. He, well, but you haven't even made the playoffs yet, dude. I, like, I heard a comment. Him, He said something about, you know, we were, in a, we were in a bad position, and I guess I've been counted on, and I've had to step up my leadership in a sense. And I just kind of went, what? Where was that? Yeah, you're 38, dude. Like, what are you doing? You needed somebody to tell you Shouldn't to lead? Shouldn't that speak for itself by now? You're the quarterback. Right. <laughs> Haven't you been the leader of this team? I don't know what level you can elevate to from where you are. I just, I, I thought that was really odd, and it, it, it seems like they're they're talking like they're, they haven't been bad all year. Well, exactly. It's like people are, it's like 
And, and Rodgers, it's not like you've had a good year. This has been a bad year by your standards. You set the bar. We didn't set it. You set it by your play. So based on the bar you've set for yourself, including just last year when you won the MVP, you haven't had a very good year, man. It's been a big drop-off. Sorry if people are telling you that, but I thought you were Mr. Truth. It's been a big drop-off. You know? You just want to hear the truth when it suits you it's or convenient. what? And it and it's on your side, and it it you know wow as Coach O would say it you know blow smoke in your direction, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. But that's it's nothing new from the personality that that we have seen over the last however many years. So, um, you got you want anything else in this, or should we jump no, to week no, seventeen? That's good. That's enough. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember anything oh, about the God, Dallas. It feels like a month ago, Tennessee right? Game. I don't. I, I, I just remember Dak played like shit again. Again, going to the playoffs, are you really excited that they're one of the top half seeds in that in that conference? They got a chance for the one, man. That's laughable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you've got – yeah. All right. Um, Atlanta squeaks by Arizona. Who cares? Who did they start? I don't even uh, know. Atlanta started somebody Somebody that, I'd never heard of. Right. And I was like, that's a little odd. But anyway. Um, yeah, Colt McCoy, you lost to that guy, dude. Congrats. There you go. Uh, Kansas City squeaks by Denver. Yeah, that felt just like one of those old-fashioned rivalry games. It's probably a little closer than it should have been, but Chiefs squeak one out. Uh, Patriots squeeze one out against the Dolphins, but Miami without Tua. How come every time Teddy Bridgewater comes in to replace the guy that got hurt, he then gets hurt the very next game? It seems like it always happens to him. It's a good question. I, like this time he got hurt, like no tackling answer. on an interception or something. It's like, <laughs> really? I have I have no answer for that. Uh, but, John- oh man, that team. Whew. Miami went. Miami was the one seed at one point. They were eight and four, mm-hmm. eight and three. Now they're eight and eight. Giants crushed the Colts. Um. Yeah. Oh, man. I, Indianapolis. I, what a disaster. Bad. And uh, then well, and then you had, you know. Little do we know the day of how bad it would look the next day, but you have uh, Kayvon Thibodeau doing snow angel sack celebrations while Nick Foles lays next to him, yep. looks like he's having a seizure, and then he goes on the sidelines and gives the go to sleep sign, and it's like, eh, yeah. not not uh, not a not great, great. Look. not a great look. No Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia and the Saints. Yeah, Gardner Minshew couldn't Double come through. Then, no. Couldn't come through two weeks in a row. Um. And again, you had a string of games that the Packers needed the right teams to win, and they did, uh, with uh, the Commanders losing and Carolina losing to Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers clinched the division, and the Browns by 14 over Washington. Brady does it again. I mean, Mike Evans' corpse just shows up in Week 17 and catches three touchdowns. I watched the end of the game, and the PA announcer was, you're NFC South Division champions. The Buccaneers are off to the playoffs. And everybody's just going nuts. And I just went. Carolina just had the game. Just gave it away. Um, What did you make of the Ron Rivera's not claiming to not know that if they lost, they were eliminated? And what's up, like... I don't know how. How do you start Carson Wentz? I don't know how you over Heineke in that situation. Like Heineke gets you, like who? This is one of those things where it's like, 
who, we talk about it sometimes with the teams we cut. Like, who do you think exactly you are? You're Washington, dude. You're not very good. You were picked dead last in your division by most prognosticators this year. The only reason you're in the conversation. Uh, playoff conversation is because this Taylor Heineke kid, in a pinch, has played good enough to drag your ass here. And now, and now he has to win. Now he has a couple of subpar games, and you're just going to can him? Yep. Coach O would say overworking the BB. Yeah, I, I, that, I don't. That's how you lose a locker room in a hurry. Decisions like that, for sure. Um, uh, Jacksonville just smothered Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston's just packed it in. I would think so. Uh, and then the Niners need overtime to beat the Raiders. I mean, that was an awesome game. I watched a good part of that because the Packer game was so bad. I just flicked on uh, Red Zone and was watching this, and yeah, Brock Purdy versus Jared Stidham. And Jared Stidham looked a million times better than Derek Carr. And, I, and I've and i always liked Carr, but I think that dude has got some PTSD or something from getting hit all these times. Because Stidham stood in there and took shots that I don't feel like Carr had been willing to do. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams was incredible. He had an incredible game and two or three amazing catches. But to put up 34 on that Niner defense is pretty That's impressive. Yes. You know? Um, weird situation leading up to that about Carr's benching, and then he's just basically left the team mm-hmm. to not be a distraction. And they just signed him to an ex- uh, three years, one hundred and twenty-one or twenty-six million dollars in the spring, and now he's probably going to need to find yeah. a new home. He's going to be because uh, they're done with him. Yeah, well, one of the teams in these this next game we talk about is a possible destination: the Jets. Yep, who got eliminated by losing to the Seahawks. Yeah, I watched a little more of that game than I probably needed to, but um, <laughs> yeah, the Jets happen. just again, you know, you can you can win some games with good D, and you can have a couple of breaks, but in these must win games when you don't have a quarterback, you just can't win, and the Jets don't have a quarterback. Chargers top the Rams. Not really surprised there. Nope. Um, I was a little surprised that uh, Pittsburgh won in Baltimore. How in the world is Pittsburgh still alive? I mean, Mike Tomlin, man, hell of a coach. One of three teams still not still going into the into week eighteen, three or seventeen, eighteen. He still never had a sub five hundred record as a coach. That's pretty impressive. That is really impressive, actually. And then brings us to last night uh, with the uh, Bills and Bengals and the first quarter when. Um, that safety, and you and I were kind of talking before we started recording. Neither of us were watching the game at that time, but you know, got text messages, went to Twitter, flipped on the game. It was in the aftermath and all that stuff, and saw the clip. I have never seen somebody collapse in the snow angel arms out like you're like you see on a chalk line in a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically his arms were out and he just went back on his heels, flat on his back. And the more I watched it a couple of times, uh, you know, and it was at full speed, then it was in slow motion, and it's like, that was not a devastating football maneuver or a hit. And people are, you know, some people at work are like, would you let your son play football? It's like, that had nothing to do with the dangers of football as we're used to right now. Sure. 
talking about. It's not a reason to not play. Correct. Yes. It's is it an it is an inherent risk of playing football. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But just because it's highlighted now by something drastic happening on a field, it's you know wrong time for that conversation. But you know you heard from so many people about never people have covered football for decades, never having to see CPR given to somebody on the field, restarting his heart, giving him oxygen ambulance on the way. I mean, it's, there was so many bad things about that and you could see it on the players uh, faces and in the aftermath. And we, we can talk more about some of the announcers and, and what they had to do, but um, NFL announced today that they're postponing the game, not making it up anytime soon. I don't know what that leads for the future, whether they push the whole season back a week and close up that two-week gap between the end of the season and the Super Bowl. Since they're not having a Pro Bowl anymore, they're just having a skills competition. Does it matter? I don't know. Um, are they going to just have that game played the final week of the season? I I don't know what's happening, but um, you can talk about your reaction and, and everything that came out of that. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, it's pretty rare when you ever see anything like that kind of in real time. And, you know, I I was texting with a buddy, and he's like, I can't remember the last time I saw an ambulance on the field for, like, this long. And I was kind of racking my brain, and I was like, God, you know, like Mike Utley when we were kids, when he got paralyzed. Um, you know, I, I read this morning something I didn't know, and they didn't bring up last night at all, probably for the better. I guess in 1971, uh, a player for the Lions died on yep. the field against the Bears with a minute left in a game, Cardiac and they arrest. finished the game. Um, yeah, I had a couple of the old timers that I'm is, Facebook friends bringing this up. You know, they fin- which yeah. you know that's a discussion for another day. But so that it, it's not completely unprecedented. You know, for me personally, I got some flashback feels of Hank Gathers. Um, for those of us old enough to remember in the late or about, I think it was 1990. Uh, best player in the country for basketball, had had a heart condition earlier in the year, was playing a game right before the tournament, dunked the ball, ran down the floor, collapsed, and died. Um, you know, Boston Celtics star Reggie Lewis, mm-hmm. same thing. He he collapsed, didn't die during the game, came back a couple weeks later, collapsed, and died at practice. And then, you know, sadly, locally, we had the kid at Whitewater last summer, yep. uh, Derek Gray, who was playing in a pickup game and, and had a heart you know, issue and, and passed away as well. So, you know, as far as the football thing goes, you know, the it, it could have been the, the the car crash deal where you get he got hit so hard in the chest, you something might have torn away. I saw Jerry the King Lawler yeah, I saw tweeting that about that, and and I remember watching Monday Night Raw live ten twelve years ago whenever it happened. He was in a match and took some pretty. Pretty rough shots to the chest area, and about three minutes later, he had a heart attack at the announce table. A massive heart attack. So, like, these blows can be contributing factors. And, you know, it's like it's like sometimes with these concussions, man. Like, guys can hit their head on the ground. It doesn't mean they get a concussion. But if you get it in just the right spot, it can be devastating. And, and this probably what happened here. I mean, we don't know. They haven't released any information about cause and effect and all that. But, you know, you just hope the, the, the kid's okay and 
obviously football's the farthest from from his mind and should be and it's going to be hard for the the bills oh, to God, regroup yes. from this yes. but, you know i mean you hope that i mean for a lot of reasons you hope in the short term he comes out of his sedation and is alert and awake and on the road to recovery and it it you know great for him and maybe give the bills something to rally around but man i as a group of of guys in a locker room like that like it's not often you see guys crying on the field. Oh God, no! You know, and leaning and on each other and sobbing. I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, there was some stuff going on down there that we don't need to know about, and I'm glad we don't. There was so Ty Dunn, who used to write for the Packers or cover the Packers for, I think it was the Journal Sentinel. Now he's, I think he's out in Buffalo, and this kid was in his second year. He's playing for Micah Hyde. He did a get to know column that you know was reposted, and then you know they they. Sh- shine the light on the on the guy's toy drive, which I think he was from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. yep. I think. And, you know, he wanted to go back to his hometown and start a toy drive for the holidays. And, you know, they, they had showed that it was a GoFundMe, and the goal was like $2,500. And at the time it was... It's like uh, $3 million, it right? It's like 1000 It's over four. Is it? Yeah. In yeah, that's great. In the span of about 12 hours, he, they raised about $4 million for yeah. this thing. Well, and that's so awesome. It, I mean, if you want to do something, there's nothing you can do... do Otherwise, otherwise, other than go on Twitter and tweet your prayer hands, if you're one of those people, I am not. Thankfully, T's and P's. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as as sad and devastating as that was, you know, life goes on and yep. the league goes on, and there's still games to be played, and it's not it's, cold and callous. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because yep. this is a huge game mm-hmm. with. Major seeding repercussions, division championship repercussions for Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um, so I, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens here. I mean, maybe you know, I, I you know, if if Buffalo wins and Cincinnati wins this week, maybe next that that game becomes moot. They don't have to worry about it, and you just call it a tie or whatever, and. Or don't even count it in the schedule. I don't know, but this is a little cold and callous. But it crossed my mind last night when I'm watching this. How does this work for gambling? Like <laughs> this? Well, no, I'm just saying. I like know. this I'm... is the this is the championship week for most fantasy football leagues in America, and you have two teams that have Joe Burrow. And Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who, if you're in the fantasy playoffs at this point, one of those guys is probably your quarterback. And I'm, I mean, this there's just millions of dollars, and and with Vegas, hundreds of millions of dollars, and these fan duels and all these like. That's why you know. I don't know. Everybody was ragging at the NFL last night because of this five minute supposed five minutes, and then you got to play again rule, which I think was just everybody said that that didn't happen. Even if the rules in place, it's just a guy like this was unprecedented. No one was prepared for this, other than thank God the EMT people. But the league and the players and the coaches and everybody, they're not they're not prepared for this. So, you know, people that want to rag at the NFL, I get it. It's like, you know, it's like people that were bitching at Skip Bayless about his tweet. You don't like him, I get it. You don't like the NFL, I get it. But the NFL, they 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 had to communicate. They had to talk to the coaches and the teams and the and the owners and the players unions and 
the stadium people. Like, there's so much communication. It's not It's not a five-minute decision. I was going to say ten seconds, which no. is about what people wanted wanted it at that point. Yeah. You know, it's like you've got to get up. Ev- game's over. It's like, well, it's not quite that simple. There's billions of dollars involved Everybody here. together, and, you know, but I feel like they kind of did the whole, well, we've had enough time right now, so let's just postpone it, and we'll figure it out later. Let's let let mm-hmm. everybody go to the hospital that wants to. Let's get these guys out of here. Let's clear the fans. We'll figure it out later. Right. You know, and that's right. kind of where we are with yep. when they announced today that, you know, it's not going to be made up this week. We it's, don't know. It shouldn't matter how long it takes to make the correct decision. Correct, so long as it's the best one. Exactly. If the fans in the stands had to stand there for another half an hour and we had to sit at home and watch it on TV another half an hour, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yes. So completely agree. But yeah, we the last thing and then we can move on. Just we were talking about the from the broadcast perspective of that last night and I how my perspective of it has changed now from doing all these games and, uh, you know, thank God and hope, pray to God that we never, ever have an issue like that that we have to witness. But just how incredibly hard that had to be for Schefter, who, God, he's annoying, <laughs> Susie Culber and Booger McFarlane in the studio, sure. and then Buck and Aikman in the booth, which really ended up just but being Buck, Buck. And Salters down on the and field. And Lisa Salters down on the field and underneath the stadium. Like, they had to be shook, especially Buck and Lisa, being there and seeing that up close. Booger was in the, in the Yeah, I, in think the studio. I, I think every former player was. And, I, you know, I just... It was clunky. It wasn't great. A lot of repeating themselves, not knowing what to say. I tip my hat to all of them because you know what? Anybody that's criticizing them, your ass couldn't have done it. Yep. You wouldn't have known what to do and say either. And you, if you want to say, oh, they're professionals, they should know, they will never be in that position again in their careers. That's not that was in, a freak thing. It's not in their training. Nope. There's no script that they can pull out of the manila folder that's sealed. Dude, it's like if your house started on fire. Right. You can say, well, you, you should have known. Here's you have, you should have known where your fire extinguished. Right. It's like, dude, I, no. If I wake up in the middle of the night and my house is on fire, everybody's losing their shit. Yep. Yeah, no, there's, there's, not, there's not the glass you break with the hidden game plan in case this happens where it's like, okay, let's follow this itinerary in case of... This is not part of their training, and and I was watching it. Jane was looking for the information and and whatever. I'm looking at it from a broadcast perspective, trying to figure out, okay, well, they're doing this so that these people can do that, and then this is happening in the background. Like, I'm I'm trying to piece together all that's happening, and you had mentioned, you know, why are you throwing it back to Buck? Well, it's like these guys can only do so much, and as soon as it happens and Buck and Aikman realize and, and the people in the producer's truck, it's like, we got nothing else to say. Mm-hmm. They're radioing back to the studios like, you guys get a, get your ass on the set because we don't have anything There's else nothing to do. Here. Yeah. So we're going to throw it to you guys, and then we'll try to get some stuff going. So when you guys run out of stuff, you can come back to us, and then while they're talking, you can gather up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like it's this tennis match of back and forth and these lobs back and forth. Well, it's like, well, the ball's in the air. These people are regrouping trying to figure out what next they're going to do. And then I heard, we're going to throw it to Scott Van Pell. I'm like, God damn, he's two and a half hours early. Mm-hmm. I bet they got him, you know, out of bed or watching the game. Like, get your ass down to wardrobe, get in the makeup chair. You're on the set in 15 minutes. Right. You know, and it's like, I can't imagine how much scrambling was going on. And again, and like you and I had talked, 
There was nothing groundbreaking. There was no, no news. No, there was no news. The best thing to come out of that was Ryan Clark, the former Steeler that came on to talk about his experience with Van Pelt uh, at the end about what he had happened to him and how he spent like the next year fighting for his life after after having an injury like that. And it's like, you know, for him to stay so composed and, and describe it um, and the emotion that he put into it, I thought that that was a really, really cool moment. And a lot of people that they had on, you know, th- there wasn't a whole lot of uh, of news and things that came out except that, yeah, the guy's in critical condition and he's sedated. Yeah. I don't really know what else you want us to say. You know. Yeah. Well, I thought they all did a great job, yep. and and that's why, despite Packer fans protesting, that's why Joe Buck's the best. I didn't. He's the best in the biz. Have a problem with that at all? All right. Um, playoff standings. AFC got some clinches. Yeah. Well, things are with a week to go. Things are quite messy. So right now, as we sit, Kansas City's the one at thirteen and three. Buffalo two twelve and three. Cincy. 3-11-4. That's why that Buffalo-Cincy outcome, mm-hmm. I mean, you got tiebreakers in there. Cincy's right now winning the North, but only by a game over Baltimore. They play this week, so there's a lot going on there. Jacksonville at 8-8, eight and eight, winning the South at the moment. Um, Chargers at 10-6 and six and Baltimore at 10-6. and six. Those two are both already clinched in. Baltimore can still win the North, as I said. New England at Eight and eight right now is in the seventh spot, but Miami and Pittsburgh are both eight and eight. Tennessee is seven and nine, still alive as well. Um, and we'll get into some of the more the a little bit of the scenarios once we get into some of these games. But no, the only spot that is set in stone right now in the AFC is the winner of the AFC South will be the four. Um, I believe everything else is in flux. God, despite the, those records of what they have. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the NFC. Philly is the one at 13-3. and three. Niners 12-4. Minnesota 12-4. Tampa 8-8. Eight and eight. Those are your four division leaders. Philly has not won the East yet. The other three have won their divisions. Dallas at the five seed, 12-4. A game behind Philly and still with a chance to win the East. Giants locked into the six seed at 9-6-1. Seattle right now technically is the eight seed, but Detroit and Green Bay also have eight and eight records as well. If and then we all know if the Packers win, they're in. Mm-hmm. Some other stuff got to happen for the other teams to get in. So Kansas City, you win the game, you're the one seed. Um, pretty much that simple. Chargers win their game, they're the five. I think in the AFC, if you're looking at it, the five's where you want to be because you get Jacksonville or Tennessee in round one. Um, you know, other than that, it's kind of hard to really determine much because of this game that got postponed. It factors into who's the two or the three. It's going to factor in who wins the North between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um, and Buffalo has a chance to knock New England out of the playoffs this weekend with a win. Miami somehow is still alive. Pittsburgh somehow is still alive. I mean, this is where you just look at this and in and you in both AFC and NFC and like the seven seeds stink. Why are they in the playoffs? What is the who's this for? Aren't we expanding more? Probably yeah, they're not. They ain't shrinking it. But you know, some of these teams are just they they're 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 completely gassed at this point in the season with this extra game and and they can't keep guys on the field. No, that's what I'm saying. Like. 
It's bad. The NFC, so Philly wins against the Giants. They're the one seed. The Giants have come out and said they're going to try. I think that's kind of dumb if they do because they can't advance. It, it does nothing. So if Philly loses and Dallas wins, Dallas wins the East, Dallas would have the tiebreaker over Minnesota because they beat them. I'm not sure about San Francisco, but Dallas still has a window to get the one seed, which is hysterical. <laughs> um, they can be the one or the five. That's basically it. Um, Minnesota is locked into either the two or the three. Mm-hmm. Tampa's locked into the four. Giants locked into the five. And then Seattle, Detroit, or Green Bay will be the seven. So, got all that? No. All right, well... We'll we'll no. we'll do it again when we read through the list of matchups because oh, there's there's really not very many good games but there's a lot they almost all, almost all of them they all mean matter something. yeah so well there there's a couple of Saturday games on ABC um, and it starts with the Chiefs at Vegas mm-hmm. which is not as easy as you might think depending well, on can Jared can Jared Stidham do it two weeks in a row but you believe last week's team can show up to do this week's performance. Yeah, and I think if you're the Chiefs, I think you really want that home. I think you really want the number one seed in the AFC. I don't think you want to have to go to Buffalo, right? Right. Because you just don't know what the hell the weather's going to be like up there. Um, I, I'd be shocked if they don't win that game. The other game, and this is basically for the for the South crown, isn't it? With, yeah, yeah. With the winner, t- winner, Titans and yeah. the Jaguars. Winner takes the South. Wow. Well, that's not going to be great football. No, no, not at all. But uh, I don't even know who the hell quarterbacks for Tennessee anymore, because Malik Willis can't complete a forward pass. So they already they said that he's benched, and they said yeah, that who whoever this other guy is is playing. They said his name, and I thought I might have heard of him. But at the same time, I went, "If you're not playing Malik Willis, and you're going with this guy, you must be really not confident in Malik Willis." But uh, Tennessee stinks. <laughs> but they have Derrick Henry, and that dude could run for 220 and three scores and they could win 21 to 16 or 21 to 20 and no one would be shocked but i'm really pulling for jacksonville i'd love to see trevor lawrence in the playoffs i would agree you know i think it'd be good for the league and um you know it's always fun to kind of see these young quarterbacks get in the playoffs get a taste of it and i'd like to see him have to go to buffalo and face josh allen or go to cincy and play burrow i think that'd be fun i think it would be too uh, speaking of Burrow and the Bengals, they host the Ravens. Yeah, winner wins the North. <laughs> Basically, that simple. And and the loser is going to probably end up the at worst the six, but probably the five seed. So, uh, game that doesn't mean anything. Tampa and Atlanta. Got to think they which, rest Brady, which would be bad. I would hope so. I mean, can they rest everybody that needs resting? Can they just play their already, second stringers? All their starters are already rested. They're all in IR. <laughs> Um, New England at Buffalo. Patriots need well, this. I mean, 36 hours ago, I would have said, I don't know of a possible way New England goes in and wins this game. Oh, but after this week. Buffalo's so shook. That that's, I, I don't know, man. Yep, I, I don't I, know. I would agree with you. Uh, Minnesota needs to win to get the two. I think they'd probably rather have that than the three. They cause... lose this game. They don't even need to show up for their playoff game. <laughs> if you lose to the Bears in week 18. Nathan Peterman, who knows? It doesn't even matter if it's Fields. I mean, they got nothing else. Well, the way Minnesota has played has not been inspiring. Well, they can't play worse than they played this week. They can't. You think the Colts will beat the Texans 
at home in Indy and the Bears will get the number two pick. I do, because I think, weirdly, the Colts are still trying to win. I think Jeff Saturday, I don't think he understands how the draft works, that the worse you are, the better the pick you get. So There's a little bit of an indictment, but I like it. Uh, Dolphins hosting the Jets. Jets are already eliminated. Miami needs to win to get in. Yeah, and I don't know who's going to quarterback for Miami. I don't know. So, again, again, that seven seed is, you're talking about a bad New England team, a bad Miami team without Tua, and potentially Pittsburgh. All going to probably One of them is making it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carolina, New Orleans, bad Mm. game, doesn't matter. Nope. Uh, Browns and the Steelers. Pittsburgh again needs. To yeah, win. I think Pittsburgh's going to win. Man, I think they're going to win. I think Pittsburgh's going to win and make the playoffs. I do. It's crazy. That is crazy. Because I thought at one point, I I know I remember saying on this podcast in like week five or six, like I think they're the worst team in the league because they were like one in five. I do remember you saying that. Uh, Chargers go to Denver. Yeah, I mean. I'm not sure what the Chargers do here. I I don't know how much they care about who they would play in the first round than the two or the three. I, I don't know. Because they've been so banged up, they could maybe use the week. And, you know, I mean, if, and if Cincinnati beats Baltimore, it doesn't matter anyway. Right. So. And that game. That game will probably be earlier. Right. I would think. <clears throat> so, um, who knows? They may sit their guys. Philly, again, needs to win. Giants, as we had said, they're going to try. Even though they're kind of locked, they're already locked in. Well, so. that's what Dable said, and and I heard Sean Payton on Cowherd yesterday, and he was like, "Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried." He said, "You know, Dable's kind of he's kind of from that old school Parcells mentality of like, if we're playing, we're trying." Forty ers were already know about the Vikings and mm-hmm. whether they can do anything or not. You're playing the Cardinals, so it doesn't really matter anyway. And I don't think they can get the one. No, so. No, it's it's either the two or the three. Yeah, you know they're they're in competition with with, with Minnesota right now. Um, Seahawks will know if. Well, no, they they have to win. Yep, they have to play. Uh, they have at to home win against the Rams, which is winnable. Uh, and then Dallas, we had mentioned, they need to win if they have. And uh, you I, know, I can't imagine them losing it to Washington. I Washington's either, done. Um, and then the night game is the Packers and the Lions, and everything will be pretty much sorted out, at least for Detroit, because Detroit's in the conversation, and they'll either know whether they have something to play for, whether the Seahawks win, that game will be over, and then the Packers just need to win to eliminate Seattle. And that's all she wrote. Don't love the NFL flexing the game to uh, you were tonight. I think, it's a, I think it's a clear advantage for the Packers that, frankly, I don't think they deserve. I don't think you should be I don't think you should be doing that at a game that is deciding who goes to the playoffs. I get why you think you're going to get more eyeballs. It's, Correct. Sunday night football is the most watched program in America anyway, so it's I don't know how many more people are watching it if but anybody that thinks Detroit's going to go into Lambeau Field on a Sunday night in a must-win game for the Packers and beat them, I think is drunk. Dan Campbell does. Well, but he's he has to. He has is. to think that way. I. I Correct. just. I. I don't think there's any. Well, anyway, I think if this game was played at noon, I think Detroit wins. I think they're better. Really? Yeah, I think they're a better football team than the Packers. Okay. But at night, I don't think so. For what it's worth, both um, Carroll and Campbell said the time of the game doesn't really matter. Well, of course they. Of course they're going. We got to win. That. 
Of course they're going to say that. They're coaches. So I I texted your boy Wildy yesterday after you and I talked about the flex, mm-hmm. and I said I asked him the same thing that you had told me, just kind of back to him, and Which I said, "Does the night game, in your opinion, give Green Bay an advantage over Detroit?" Sub question: Do you believe that that was done by the league in an effort to get Green Bay into the playoffs with the weak field and the lack of storylines? And he responded right away, which sometimes he's hit or miss because of all this shit that he's got to do. He said, totally unfair. If I'm Seattle, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah. I thought that meant a lot coming well, for a guy who covers the team but can see, read the writing on the wall. Yeah, Seattle and Detroit both should be should be upset. And, and I do think, you know, like I've said before, I think the Packers, things tend to go their way. Um when it comes to that kind of stuff, is there a big conspiracy about it? I, I don't know that I'd go that far. I do think the league would rather have the Packers in the playoffs than Geno Smith. I think they would much rather have Aaron Rodgers going back to San Francisco to play the Niners or Aaron Rodgers in a in part three rematch against the Vikings going up to Minnesota for that first-round game than Kirk Cousins versus Jared Goff or Jared Goff versus Brock Purdy or Geno Smith versus Brock Purdy. I just don't – there's no – there's there's not a lot to to market and promote around there other than it's the playoffs. I think in the conversation about what is best financially for the league, if you're talking, if those guys are all talking about what game to flex and all the conversations go in a variety of directions, I think, honestly, it stops at we're going to get better ratings with Green Bay and Detroit. I think the the secondary thing that they would think is beneficial is them also going to the playoffs. I think the first thing is that's the game we want to put right there in that spot. See, I would have put New York-Philly in that spot. Way bigger markets, both playoff teams, and Philly needs the win, especially if you believe Dallas is going to beat Washington, which I think most people reasonably would. I think that game would have been the one to put in the night slot. That's just me. I agree with the market deal, but with the Giants not really having anything to play for, Philly But, the, but we does. don't know if Detroit has anything to play for. Correct, but at least you'll have that all played out by the time you get there, and you'll only know that an hour before the game rather than going in. You already know. But the Giants have said they're going to try. You so, don't know the I status mean, of the best player on both of those teams. Well, that's Saquon Barkley, but... Um, you don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play. Do you want the the best player, the most yeah, marketable guy I, in the Eagles I, not playing on a Sunday night game? I, I get all the reasons why the NFL did it, and it's just funny that a league, I mean, like I said, it's the number one rated television show on cable and has been for the last 10 years. Like, who's not watching it? They, are you pulling into this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I just don't, I don't know that the ratings thing is actually a real thing. I don't know that it even matters. I think the NFL, Green Bay is, I think if the NFL, if you if you gave them true serum and said, who do you want to make the playoffs in the seventh seed? They go, oh, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck would we not? For sure. You, you think we'd rather have what? Seattle. Seattle and, and Miami? Seattle and a New England team that doesn't have Tom Brady on it? No, we want Pittsburgh, Green Bay. They're the, they're the storied legacy franchises. So... And they're not the only league that wants this stuff. The NBA has been accused of that for years. So I'm not ripping the NFL. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, it is an advantage for the Packers, and I think it's going to get them in the playoffs. I really do. 
All right, that is a solid hour of NFL talk. Um, we'll blow through some basketball. We'll kind of pause for college football here just briefly. You and I were texting, and I was watching this. I stayed up um, on New oh, Year's Eve to watch. Go ahead. I wore this just for you. Just Oh, oh my God. What just for bowl here? season. Okay. Here. We, got, we have a Badgers. UCLA Pasadena, absolutely. 1994. That's awesome. Yeah, still fits. Eat that, bitches. <laughs> well, good for you, still then, fits. on that. Yeah. What Both, is that? 27 years later? 28? No, 29 years later. Most people would have yeah, eat it. outgrown that. Yeah. Waste well. time. <laughs> Good for you. I don't know why you're telling me. Well, I'm just saying eat it to the general populace. <laughs> That's a good t-shirt. Yeah, I like that. I like it. It's a good shape. That's, I didn't wear it very much as a kid. I, that's awesome, so. though. Um, I did stay up to watch Ohio State yank that field goal left. Uh, God, they... They talk so much about that kicker and his dream as it is and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes out and he just absolutely hooks it left. And I I was just, oh, man, that sucks. And I was texting with <laughs> Vander High at the time, and I wish I had saved it because I said, I bet you everything that I own that he misses his kick. <laughs> I go, there's not a fucking chance in hell this kid is walking out there in this game, in this environment, at midnight on New Year's Eve from 50 yards away and making this. It's not happening. <laughs> No way. And then he did like what I would have done when I was 12 and he kicked it Long. sideways. Yeah, that's right. Yep. It wasn't even close. It's it's always a bad side when you see the ball wobble on its horizontal axis. It looked like one of my tee shots when I hit the ground first and so, then hit the ball, yeah. and it's just like a straight hook. Uh, but re- regardless, entertaining, not a whole lot of defense involved, which you've had – a month to prepare for these games and not able to hold these teams under 40 in both of them. The Michigan TCU game, which watching Harbaugh lose, and I love a good underdog, and TCU being one of the non-big boys competing in the college football playoff and winning a game, that warms my heart because that that is the stuff that I like about college football, which you say I'm I'm kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that that's the side of me that, that, that appeals to. I just have a bad feeling that now we're going to get a clunker of a I think so championship. Too. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Georgia's probably going to steamroll them. Well, I texted you, and I have to admit, I watched a lot of those games. Watched and every minute. I, I, I watched the beginning of the Michigan game, and I actually thought that game was lost in the first five minutes for Michigan. They got the ball down to inside the five, couldn't get it in, ran some dumbass Philly special play on fourth down, didn't get in, and then TCU went down and scored and completely took the momentum away from Michigan. I thought if that was one of those things where, like, Michigan was just bigger and stronger and faster, and you felt like if they went down first drive and just punched them in the teeth and went up 7 nothing, that that might be a precursor to the rest of the game. But TCU held firm, and Michigan couldn't stop them. Um, I can't remember the name of that wide receiver for the Horned Frogs, but he is freaking good. I was watching it on the on the TV at the restaurant when we were out to eat. Um, North Shore Chop House. Oh, Excellent. Nice. Had a slab of bacon. Very, very good. Nice. Um, but uh, the play at the end where it was clear targeting. Oh, by the, yeah. By, by the TCU kid. In the back of the end zone? It, well, no, uh, no, it wasn't no, in the where, back of the end zone, it? but it was with like it was the last Michigan play of the game. And the kid clearly got hit in the back of the head by the crown of the helmet, and they didn't call it. And they even reviewed it, and they didn't call it. And it's and again, we get back to this: what the fuck is targeting? What is it? 
What is this? Because, oh, no, that, that play in the end zone happened in the Ohio State-Georgia game, and they didn't call that either. And you, you had a couple of guys after they're like, you know, this has been around for a couple of years, thought I had a good idea. Now after these two semifinal games, I don't know what's happening. No, no clue. No clue. Nobody does. Um, you know, I didn't watch it intently enough. Everybody has been claiming that Michigan looked woefully unprepared, which I find hard to believe. Um, I mean, you could not like Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh is an excellent football coach, and the guy does nothing but win wherever he goes, pro or college. So that's a weird thing to think about. Um, but I thought it was odd that their game hadn't been over for 30 seconds, and it's like they're already talking about if Harbaugh's offered a job in the NFL, he's he's bailing. Well, we've heard that before, though. That's kind of the apparently that's kind of par for the course with him. Apparently he's already talked to the Panthers. Well, he flirted with somebody else last year, yep, though, didn't yeah, he? he? Did. So maybe mm-hmm. the Bears, I think. That's right. Uh, but the second game, um, <laughs> I mean, you watch that game and you're like, I don't give a shit what quarterback transfers into Madison. They ain't beating these teams. <laughs> Because there was like, They're there's so 22 fast. guys on the field and 19 so, of them are going to play on Sundays. So fast, it's ridiculous. The, and the pace of the game and the and the just the and, pure you know, athleticism. Georgia, whose quarterback graduated high school with us, um, <laughs> able to outduel C.J. Stroud in in a hell of a game. And but you know, Ohio State at the end, I think they, I think they, I think Ryan Day cost them the game. They get the ball down to the 35, they got first down, they got two timeouts, and they run the ball. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing? And you, they, they run three plays, they gain nothing. Nothing. So then that, and that's where, that's why I knew the kid wasn't going to make it. I'm like, you can't do that to. They did him this, no favors. This, this isn't Morton Anderson. No. This isn't Justin Tucker. This is a 20-year-old kid who probably played soccer his whole life and has really never been in a situation like this ever. And it's like, hey, kid, go there's, send us to the national. Twenty-five million people watching live here at fucking midnight on New Year's Eve. Go send us to the national title game, and oh, if you miss it, you're the fucking goat. Find your own ride home. Like, come on, man! Like, help a guy out, right? Couldn't do it. Help a guy out, and God, uh, no, not even close. Womp. I felt terrible for him. I, I did too. I because I you know, did. there's people the the. The lunatic half of the fan base of Ohio State just ripping that kid all over the internet, <laughs> just ripping him up and down. Oh, they're they're all nuts. Yeah, they're all nuts down there. Uh, one other college game that I watched um, that I was in tune with was the Cotton Bowl, Tulane and USC, and the biggest win in the Green Wave program. And again, the the small guys punching up against the big dogs, and my former teammate Corey. They're down at AT&T Stadium calling. I couldn't even imagine yeah, the scenario cool. that, that he was in. And I and, and, and I posted the tweet of his call of the last lateral play, and I'm hearing his voice crack up because he's so excited and so emotional having this team that he's called now for the last few years. He is the voice of the men's and women's and uh, basketball and football and just really happy for the guy that, that he got to go experience this and, uh, and, and, and beat um, – you know, a coach like that on a program like USC and, you know, one of the top guys that's going to go in the draft. Um, and apparently so. a dick. Yes. Yeah. So 
Not a big fan. He may be like the dude in draft day. Nobody went to his birthday party. Right. Either. I did not. I did not like what I saw Talk, from him. Talking in that shit, game. running his mouth about the TCU quarterback crying, and then at the end of this game, he's crying and doesn't even show up for the media. I mean, I didn't watch Please. a lot of USC during the season, but I did watch that game, and I left completely unimpressed with him as far as the intangibles are concerned about not his play. Lincoln Riley will get you a Heisman, but that's about it. So, uh, one more game left to go in the college football season. That's next Monday um, at TCU and uh, and Georgia. So, a uh, little Badger news for as far as recruiting. I don't know where all these quarterbacks are all of a sudden coming from, but everybody wants to play from Luke, for Luke Fickle. Yeah. I don't know if they're good. Well, the guy from SMU has got big numbers. Tanner Mordecai, yeah. But, you know, I don't watch those games. They're not in a good league. I don't know what that means. I feel bad for Chase Wolf, who said he's going to come back. And now Miles Burkett, well, I who's feel bad for him. kind of been waiting, and he didn't even get to play in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this guy, <clears throat> pardon me, Mordecai, who's been a starter down at SMU, and he's probably going to be the dude with one year left of eligibility. He's not going to go somewhere where he ain't going to play. Right. So he comes in. Um, and then this three-star guy, Cole LaCrue from Colorado, is coming in. So you've got four quarterbacks coming up next year. And then another four-star guy who was one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks from the same – oh, no, sorry, five, this dude who's transferred in from Oklahoma. Right. Thought yeah. he was going to play. Right. So it's like this quarterback room is now jam-packed, supposedly full of talent. Don't know. Well, the Chase Wolf thing, he may not be back. He may want to come back. He may not be back. And you never know, the kid from Franklin Burkett, he may look around and go, so, well, shit, I, I'm not playing I'm here. not playing here. No. I'll so, go to northern Michigan or western Michigan and hey, play. come on to UW-Whitewater. Well, Love to have you over yeah, there. usually those guys don't, I don't know. go down I unless know. they just, have to. Just but. saying. And then they got this other four-star guy who they uh, recruited from the same place as, uh, as this Evers kid, Flower Mound, Texas. He's going to come in next, uh, the season after this, for the 2024 recruiting class. So it's like, all of a sudden... We've had nobody that could quarterback the team to a bunch of guys who it looks like really, really want to give this a shot. Well, it's a good problem to have. Yes. It's better than they've been dealing with. got to make sure you can recruit linemen. Right. So, who knows? But I thought the flurry of quarterbacks that's happened the last couple of weeks has just been staggering for anybody that's been a Badger fan for the last few decades and all the futility at the position. Again, don't know if it's going to work. Don't know if any of these guys can play. Don't know if the system's going to succeed, but at least it's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's all. All right, enough football. Let's go to the Bucks. They're playing tonight. They're playing They're playing the Wizards, and Milwaukee has kind of fallen on hard times a little bit. Yeah, I'm not real thrilled with what I've been seeing the last couple of weeks from them. Um, 23-13, and 13, third in the East now behind Boston and Brooklyn. 1-5 in their last six games. Middleton's played none of them. Mm-hmm. Giannis missed the last game. Holiday's missed like three games in a row with an illness. Non-COVID illness, right? Yes. And you know they're twenty-three and thirteen, which looks fine, but until you remember, they were nine and zero. So twelve and thirteen, or what? No, fourteen and thirteen since then. Five hundred mm-hmm. basketball. It's not great. Um, last week, uh, they were on their longest road trip of the season. They lost at Cleveland 114-106, got whipped by the Nets 118-100, got embarrassed on Christmas Day 139-118 by Boston, lost an absolute debacle of a game to Chicago the other night, a game they should have won about three times, 
lost in overtime 119-113, and then lost Sunday night to the Wizards where Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, none of them played. They lost 118-95. Their only win was, uh, I believe it was Friday night uh, against Minnesota. They won 123-114. So a tough stretch that they've been going through, but they're not playing well. Um, you know, it's it's kind of my biggest Giannis fear is they're asking too much of him right now. Um, number one, it can wear him down. Number two, it can it can lead to injury. And number three, it can lead him to just look around and go, what the fuck? Where's my help? I'm in my prime. Like, what's going on here? And, you know, I talked about it earlier in the year. The Bucks have the oldest roster in the league. And, you know, you're getting nothing from Serge Ibaka. You're getting nothing from George Hill. You're getting nothing from Wes Matthews. You're starting to see the last game or two, Joe Ingles is kind of looking like what I was hoping for, but he's still not 100%. We're going to, whenever the hell Middleton decides he wants to play basketball again, we're going to have to take two weeks to get him ramped up. Holiday's coming off of a, of an illness. You don't just get your win back immediately. It's going to take him a couple of games to get back. So they're not in a good spot. And, you know, watching those games last week, specifically Cleveland, Brooklyn, Boston, the three best other teams in in the conference, what those two, three teams all have is they have two elite offensive players at the guard-slash-wing position. The Bucks only have one elite wing defender, and it's Drew Holiday. So when you play Cleveland, if you put him on Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland is going to do his thing. When you play Brooklyn, if you put him on Kyrie, who's guarding Durant? And as we saw in the playoffs last year and we saw again on Christmas Day, they got no answer for Tatum. They have nobody to guard him. 35-year-old Wes Matthews, God bless him. He's too small and he's too old. Holiday, it's a lot to ask him to do that and then go down to the other end of the floor and score 20. Um, they got to make a move. And I'm not sure. I think the fan base would be upset if a, if a Connaughton or a Portis was dealt, but they might have to be. And I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on some of these rules because those guys just signed. There's a certain date that they can't trade him until um i you know grayson allen obviously is the guy that will be in any trade package because he's cheap he's young and he's got some value uh, but you know jay crowder we've talked about it many times short term he might solve your problem this year but long term this team needs a youth movement um you know lopez has had a great year he's in the last year of his deal he's 34 and he's seven foot two. And he weighs two hundred and eighty pounds. Like, just realistically, <laughs> two more years, maybe. Mm-hmm. You're paying Portis a lot of money to come off the bench, and in a lot of these games, what's happening is Budenholzer, sometimes rightly, sometimes not right, doesn't play Giannis Lopez and Portis together at the end of the game because. Portis can't guard the wing if you have all three of those guys in there. 
if you put Portis in, you got to take Brook out. Brook's the best rim defender in basketball, and you kind of want him in at the end of the game. But you lose all that offense with Portis, and you get down to some of these games, especially without Middleton, and you're they're grinding out possessions and they're throwing three guys at Giannis, and it's just it's tough. It's tough for them right now. So, you know, I, something's got to happen personnel wise. Um, I would have liked to have seen Budenholzer invest a few more minutes in Bochamp. I thought in the Christmas Day game on a huge stage would have been a wonderful opportunity to throw him in against Tatum and Brown because that's the kind of player, 6'8", long arms, that you got to have to guard these guys. And you you hope you can get something out of him in the playoffs, but you can't just throw him in in the playoffs. So... And then as far as these injuries and the sicknesses go, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with the training and health staff right now with the box. Who, you know, Joe Ingles said the reason I came here is because they're renowned around the league as being one of the best, if not the best. What the hell's going on with Middleton? And what the hell's going on with all these guys being sick? Because Middleton was the wrist and now it's the knee. Well, and they said it's not a setback from his MCL. It's knee soreness and also dealing with an illness. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That was the second part. So of it. he's sick. Holiday's sick. Bochamp had been sick. Ibaka had been sick. Hills got his stuff going on. It just got so many guys out. And you know, you can short term win a game or two here, but you can't keep this up long term. And when you try to do it with your star, it's like what happened with Jokic last year on Denver. His second and third best player were hurt all year. Yeah, he had a great year. Yeah, Denver won their 45, 46 games and made the playoff. They weren't contenders. And right now, the Bucks are not looking like contenders, which is not something I expected to right. say at the turn of the year. I thought this is when they were going to be building. Instead, they're, they're, they've are they kind of plateaued. It's concerning. Um, but just some general stuff around the league. Boston 26-11 and 11 leads the East. Brooklyn one game back. They've won 12 in a row. So they're 25-12. and 12. Um, last night, Donovan Mitchell had 71 in an overtime win. Last week, Luka had a 60-20 rebound 10 assist game. Hadn't been done since Wilt. His on court when somebody told him that, he said, wow, man, I'm exhausted. I need a recovery beer. I need a recovery beer. (laughs) He's had like three games of 50 in his last five. Clay Thompson had 55 last night. Giannis has had back-to-back 40 and 20 rebound games. The statistics are out of control. They're out of control, and it's getting to the point where you can't even compare this shit now to, like, 10 years ago, let alone 20, 25 years ago. Um, the amount of guys over, averaging over 30 right now, it's never happened in league history. Um, usually you get one, maybe two, uh, but in the history of the league, there's only been, like, 50 guys that have ever averaged 30. It's not a big list, oh. and this year they've got, like, eight. So, <laughs> you know... Uh, hopefully things tighten up once we get towards the end of the season into the playoffs, I hope, because I think this this pickup style of basketball, I think you can it's cute and you can get away with it on a Tuesday night in, in January, but I'm not sure that that's what the masses really want to watch. I think they want to watch guys play in both ends. Um, Denver, 24 and 13, is leading the West now. They've been hot. Jokic... <laughs> Jokic won the last two MVPs. This is his best season. You said that last year that um, he had a better season than the year before. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to get the votes because 
by winning it three times, he joins a club that includes like Wilt Russell and Bird as the only people that ever done it. This is why, and the NBA has made a mistake with a lot of their awards, and and we'll touch on that here next. But the whole I'm going to vote for him for it because he's next and it's his turn. This is where you get burned because it happened with Giannis and you didn't get burned, and then they have they did it with Jokic and they're going to get burned here, and. You know, they, they kind of did it. They did it in the 80s with, with Jordan a little bit. And if I ever finish my top 40 of 40, <laughs> I'll talk to you about that. But that is quite time-consuming. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll he'll get the votes, but he's certainly at the top of the conversation. And, and now the NBA has decided that – I don't know who was asking for this, but they decided that they needed to name their yes. trophies. Saw that. I was wondering. I didn't text you about it. Yeah, this happened a couple weeks ago, and yeah. we didn't talk about it. But I, I, I just like I, who's. I don't know who this stuff is for. Um, the rookie of the year trophy is going to be the Wilt Chamberlain trophy. I, I know when I think of great rookies, I think of Wilt Chamberlain. No, um, MVP is the Michael Jordan trophy, All Star Game Kobe Bryant trophy, but that had already been before mm-hmm. this. Um, Red Auerbach Trophy for Coach of the Year, I get. Bill Russell's the Finals MVP. Akeem Olajuwon, Defensive Player of the Year, okay. John Havlicek, Sixth Man of the Year. I mean, the guy played over half of his career as a starter. I I, I don't get it. Um, Jamal Crawford won it eight times recently. I don't know why we didn't name it after him. Um the most improved trophy, George Mikan. The guy hasn't played basketball in 75 years. I think he's been dead for 60. Like, <laughs> nobody even knows who he is anymore. I mean, I, I'm all about respecting the past and the history of the game, but George Mikan most improved? Oh, oh okay. Jerry West, clutch. Um, most clutch? What does that even mean? Who's what, what is the criteria for that? <laughs> and then you got Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are the respective conference um for the playoffs MVP. So I don't know. I just, I just always was like, Hey, he won the MVP. He didn't win the Michael Jordan trophy. And then it brings up like, okay, well you've got three guys currently playing in LeBron Curry and Durant who are in the discussion with all these other guys. Are you going to create new awards for them? Because like, really, you're not going to have a LeBron James award. Is this, I mean, I would assume at some point you're going to create a three-point award and you could throw Curry's name on go. it. But, like, what's the LeBron award? Most flops? <laughs> like, most disappointing finals performance ever award? You most would... self-congratulatory player? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, but he's going to get something because he'll make sure of that. But, yeah, that's... That's an interesting thing. These these award names. It's all it, it all goes back to the participation trophy stuff. That's it. Man. It really does. It really does. So they, and they don't, probably wouldn't have a, a problem you, you, creating more categories. You parents that are that are older than us but younger than our parents, whatever generation you people fall into. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, fifty-two year old. Mom, that's or orange soccer mom, orange slice mom. It's probably why I'm Ugh. glad that the girls aren't aren't really into yeah. athletics. You ruined it. You ruined it for everybody. Because I don't think I would get along well <laughs> with this generation of players sitting in stands while they scream just ludicrous things. Yeah, where I have to constantly turn over to my shoulder and be like, 
You are the king of the over-the-shoulder dirty look. That is your that's your move. That's my move. If you had a wrestling finisher, that would be your move. You'd go stand in the corner, look over your shoulder with a dirty look, and then hit somebody's with a lariat. That would be it. <laughs> we you've been to enough gyms with me where you know that that's what I do, especially when we're right in the uh-huh. crowd and and you We're get, surrounded by just just idiocy. That's pretty much what it is. All right, uh, let's fly through some yep. college hoops. Um, Badgers are on tonight uh, against Minnesota. They're 2-0 and in the league. They're up to 14th in the AP. Uh, their game a couple of weeks ago against uh, Grambling was canceled. Because uh, of the blizzard that didn't happen. Didn't happen. They're not going to make it up. They beat Western Michigan last Friday. Kind of but, uninspiring. Yes. I mean, it wasn't on TV, but Crowell had I was following it. 25, but but they were only up like two at half. They yeah. only win by 10. Yep, not... Against a, a Broncos team that you probably should have whooped, I would have imagined. Um, are they the Broncos, Western? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Right, we'll ask Greg Jennings. Uh, Min- Minnesota tonight. They're zero two in the league. They're only six and six. Um, and then they play at Illinois on Saturday. Well, I think all their uh, all their good players are on the Badgers. Correct. So well, hard to hard to beat the team that's got all your guys. Uh, I think that Minnesota or that Illinois game is like an eleven thirty or twelve thirty tip off. It yeah. might be at three thirty. I can't I, remember which. I don't. I thought Illinois started out well, but they got four losses. I, I I'm not sure who they've lost to, but down there, that's always a tough place to play down in Champaign. Oh God, yes. Uh, and then bracketology. Yeah, they got them five in the Midwest. So um, keeps rising. Last last time, uh, I think they were in the East. So okay. got them a little closer to home. Playing against Kent State. The golden flashes. Yeah. I didn't know Kent State was that good. Okay. Uh, your Marquette Golden Eagles, I haven't checked. They were on uh, when I got here. I, d- I don't know how they did, but they were taking on uh, St. John's tonight. Uh, how yep. are they doing? Um, well, it's still going on. I can okay. I can hear it out there. Or is that a different uh, game? Looks like, okay. as my phone pulls up here, this is great. Uh, they're up 10 with a minute to go. Okay. So 11-4, and four, hopefully about to be 12-4, and 3-1 and one in the Big East, hopefully about to be 4-1 and one in the Big East, which would put him alone in second place. Um, had a nice home win against Seton Hall um, and then went to Villanova on Saturday. Uh, that Sun, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Saturday, I believe, whatever New Year's Eve was. Yep, Saturday, Saturday. and uh, and one by two, and, and really, you know, it, it was a grinder. It was um, they're the kind of games if you want to compete for a conference championship, you got to win them on the road. And Villanova's down this year; they're not the same powerhouse they normally are. But you know what? You still go into their house and beat them. And that was an on-campus game. That wasn't in like. Um, Wells Fargo in a big arena, so that was on campus in in, in uh, at Villanova. That's that's a good road win. Um, at St. John's tonight, which is a place I told you before we came on, they've historically struggled. Um, so if they can pull out the win there, that is huge. And then they play a boy, I, I, an atrocious Georgetown. How far has that program fallen? They're five and ten. They're winless in the conference. They've lost to some pretty underwhelming schools here early on. And I don't know how Patrick Ewing has survived. He's had a lot of transfers. He's not recruiting well. They're not winning these games. I And I'm all, I've always been a Patrick Ewing fan going back to when we were kids watching him on the Knicks, but just because you're not going good, that good of an well, NBA and historical player doesn't you know, mean you can lead a college and, well, program. And, it, and it's your program. It's right. your, you're one of the two or three most famous alumni to ever come out of there. Um, Sometimes it just doesn't translate. Nope. 
So uh, Bracketology's got Marquette as a five in the South against UAB. So a little a little higher than I thought they would be. Um, right now, Bracketology's got Purdue, UConn, Kansas, and Arizona as the one seeds, and Purdue and UConn both just lost. Yeah, Purdue From, last night at home to Rutgers. Yep, and UConn over the weekend lost to Xavier, who uh, who they're back now. They okay. Sean Miller, who was at Arizona for years, he's back, he's at, back. At, at Xavier after he got fired from Arizona for for paying people, which now is everybody fine. pays people. That's right. um, UCLA, Houston, Tennessee, and Alabama are the two seeds. So just kind of where we're sitting at this point here, going into uh, kind of the meat of the conference season. This stuff will be in flux majorly mm-hmm. as we go along as these teams kind of pound on each other. But good, you know, good to see the Badgers and Marquette both firmly in. In in the tournament right. at this point, barring catastrophe, so uh, try not to make any uh, illegal alien jokes on our <laughs> on our next broadcast. I'll do which my will best. Be on Thursday night, which happened with the North Carolina State broadcaster. Was he talking about Texas El Paso? He was talking about the Sun Bowl, which was in El Paso, okay. and he was reading the score of the game, which is just over the border from um, God starts with a C. Oh, I can't remember. It's it's. It's a big drug lord city ah. across the border in Mexico. God, what I it, I'm totally blanking on it right now. But anyway, it's like yeah, it's totally like you, you can see it from El Paso. Okay. And it's like this dude said something about the 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 game being played amongst all the illegal aliens. Yeah. Down so, there. Something and like that. And I just, you know, I get you're trying to be funny, and I get you're trying to make light of the whole immigration situation that, you know, is on the forefront of some people's minds, but you just can't do time, that. Time, time and place, man. <laughs> right. Like, you can say that at the booster dinner. You, right, you and probably get a laugh out of it. get a laugh out of it because it's North Carolina, but you're probably not going to get away with that on live radio anymore where everybody's recording everything. Not with a C. It's Juarez, Mexico. Okay. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> And you had said you're always worried potentially about some stuff that you say, and you kind of replay the games in your head. Like if you were coach, I'm more worried about Bear than anybody at this point. If you guys had ever said anything that I would have been worried about, and I got your back first and foremost because it's usually pretty defensible when it would happen, unless it's just completely out of bounds. Um, you guys have never even come close to anything like this. I, I'm never worried about swearing, which even the, the people that know me, are they're all like, how do you not swear? You swear all the time. I'm not worried about swearing, although I do get text messages from people at the game telling me to say fuck on the air, and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, I'll let's, get right on that. Let's, let's I guess do I don't want to do this anymore. Nope. But, yeah, sometimes, like I've said before, doing the girls' games, I'm much more sensitive about my descriptions. With the boys, that's like watching a game in my basement. That's fine. I'm not worried about that. But the girls, you know, you, you got to be a little more careful. Mm-hmm. For so. sure. All right, and finally, one baseball note. Yeah, just, I just a uh, gangbuster. Just, just uh, a little nugget that I saw the other day uh, on Twitter. Um, the Brewers are the only team in baseball to not spend a dollar yet in free agency. So The only team. Yeah. yeah. They have made a couple trades. 
And, you know, Adam McCalvey, who's the Jason Wildey of the Brewers, the all-time defender, <laughs> and he, I, he might actually even work for the Brewers. I'm not sure. No, he works for MLB.com. Okay. Yep. But, um, you know, he came out and said, well, you know, they're going to have to pay some arbitration stuff, so, you know, they are going to be actually paying money. And it's like, yeah, but, but that's, that's not really. Outside the club. Yeah, that's not really the same. Correct. So, you know, I I can already hear the company line going into the season will be our free agency was the trade market. We think we got better, which I think they probably did. But, you know, as a fan, that's just one of those things that's kind of disconcerting. And yes. we're coming off a, of a hater trade where there was a lot of Club accusations about, about and, cheapness on yep. the owner's part. And then you look at that and it's kind of like, eh. not really putting not, not really following that up with some positivity. No, at all. All right. That's 90 plus minutes. Uh, of the intentional foul tonight. Hopefully we'll be back next week and talk some playoffs. We'll figure out what's happened with that Buffalo-Cincinnati game. We'll figure out if the Packers are in as well. A lot to happen this weekend and then College Football National Championship on Monday night. So uh, thank you for listening, downloading. Please subscribe. And as always, please tell your friends to give us a chance as well. The same place we always are uh, at our host site, Anchor, for another year in 2023. So uh, until then, I'm Josh. Dan. We will talk to you next time. Go Bucks.